that I think people have a warped perception about what AI is. Correct. And in fact, they actually stop at Siri. Yeah. Hey Siri. Uh, yeah, I stop with Alexa. Hey Siri. Like, like actually. No, Alexa is just hey, like Siri. she blew up. Yes, she is. She's gonna say something. Sorry, Jeff Bezos. It wasn't Amazon's fault. She's saying. Uh, I'm not sure. I understand. That's dumb, right? Anyway, but it's like find it's, uh, the Matt Brown show, Siri. Hey Siri. Hey Siri. Okay. Play the Matt Brown show. I mean, that's I mean, that is just insane. How can you not find anything for the Matt Brown show? <laughs> What's wrong with you, woman? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. She's not a woman. I just yeah, have to no, start there. AI, right? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Women of Steel on the Matt Brown Show. This Women's Month, we chat to dynamic women smashing gender norms and shaping the current and future world of business and entrepreneurship. Join us for an extraordinary series celebrating empowered women from all walks of life. Get inspired this Women's Month with Women of Steel on the Matt Brown Show. Power to the woman. Yeah. Don't tell us how to be empowered. Yeah. <laughs> and we're live. Hey, guys. Welcome back. Hey. It's hey. Crack on Woohoo. That was, that was preemptive of the intro clap. Guys, how many times? <laughs> what, what, what? Am I supposed to clap? <laughs> with me today is Carmen Murray. Carmen, welcome back, man. Thanks, man. It's great to be back. Like, yeah. I love this energy. What a great way to start the day. Huh? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. It is, it is. No response from this side, and I walk out. <laughs> uh, cool. So we're going to – this is a new segment. You're the first uh, guest on this particular segment called Woman of Steel. A planet player of Man of Steel, Superman. <laughs> but, it's, uh, but it's now Whoa, Woman man. of Steel. It's also Women's Month, uh, and this is why we're kind of doing this. So I've reached out uh, across the interwebs, got inundated with uh, recommendations. Mm. And I personally know you, obviously, you co hosted the show uh, over Christmas, which is one of our most popular shows. So um, thought I'd get you back, and obviously, you've been following your kind of progression and stuff. So um, who is Carmen Murray? What you're all about? Give us the headline. Okay, so Carmen Murray, um, as a human being, I am a purpose activist. I am a um, fearless woman activist, and I very much stand for empowering women, but not the cliched way. It's really making a difference. In terms of business, I um, ventured on my own about a year ago, um, started Booyah Modern Marketing Services. It has morphed quite from what I thought it was going to be to what it is now. And it's um, all about getting businesses future fit in a robust way, in an unorthodox way, and really, really pushing the boundaries, breaking the molds, and doing things very, very differently. And uh, yeah, um, using a combination of my background in technology, data science, mobile, um, custom experiences, and merging that as a fusion in helping businesses to get future fit. Great. Couldn't wait for that, yeah. Oh, Mm -hmm. and I have a podcast. And the podcast, yes. Huh. Should we change this to the Carmen Murray show? You should totally call it Carmen. <laughs> By the way, you, you certainly do things differently on the Carmen Murray show. Yes, I am a bit crazy. Um, it's not for everybody. Let me put it that way. <laughs> um. <laughs> but that's um, actually great, right? Because, you know, the thing is, it's very easy just to put two mics in front of someone and it, and like we're doing right now. Yeah, safely. yeah, yeah. But it's a fundamentally different thing to produce a show that's completely and radically different. Cor- correct. And that's what I like. Kudos to you. It's like why we, you know, we've actually stopped doing Injustice League stuff because when you're talking about someone's the death of someone's like husband and then you want them to smash things with a baseball bat. It's oh not, God. doesn't really gel. Um, but sure. it's this whole idea of branded entertainments. And I think you've done a fantastic job at Thank that. You. Coming yeah. from you. That means a lot. Ah, you're welcome. Oh. You're welcome. Well, He's going to sign my book one day. Uh, where, when is your book coming out? I've this weekend went to the Drakensberg and isn't that a place to just like get the mind open, fresh air. Uh-huh. And I've got the framework and I'm starting. Can you reveal a working title? Working title, Fix Your Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Is that like an S hashtag exclamation you have to T? Wait to see, but I am going to revolt against the system. That's that's what I can tell you. So what's the premise, Karini? What you what are you thinking? Um 
I think I think the important thing is that I think we need to cut the crap. I think we need to really um, start thinking um, bigger, but put our money where our mouths are mm-hmm. and really start co-actioning rather than just saying, oh my gosh, we are doing this and we're standing for this and we're not doing it. And I'm getting tired of the word digital transformation being built on old-fashioned business models. I call it faux transformation. Um, and I really want to challenge that. And once again, it might not be a book for everybody, um, but it's it's things that's dear to my heart because I think money paralyzes people to think clearly. And I think that's the biggest challenge that's happening is we're chasing the new, expecting different results. And because we're chasing new, it's short-lived and we're not chasing value. And that is something I really want to challenge. Mm, that's great. That's, I love that sentiment because it's very easy to be romanced about by the numbers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Also, the other thing to say is that uh, I was on Christopher Lockhead's podcast um, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, and I was talking about how value has fundamentally changed mm. in the sense that, um, you know, historically it was about short-term profits. You know, how can I be as profitable as quickly as, as fast as possible? And thanks to, uh, you know, disruptive companies, and I'm using that word deliberately, Amazon, um, Uber, Airbnb, etc. But essentially all these companies have figured out the secret. And the secret is data algorithms and AI. And that is a long-term pursuit. Mm. It's essentially saying that you're going to forego short-term profits and you're going to pursue vision and growth. Correct. Yeah, and, but don't you th- – I mean, like, this is something I would like to ask you as the tech expert here in the room. Um, don't you find that AI is completely misconceived by a lot of people? Like, AI is plural. AI is not a chatbot. Or, you know, like I talk about chatbot as being something very different from AI, but AI is the group name for chatbot, machine learning, da, 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 da. And I feel that that, that I call it cliche flexing. There's a lot of cliche flexing happening and people are talking about all these things but don't know what it really means. Yeah. I think people have a warped perception about what AI is. Correct. In fact, they actually stop at Siri. Yeah. Hey, Siri. Uh, Yeah, I stop with Alexa. Hey, Siri. Like, like. Actually, no, Alexa is just yeah, like she blew up. Yes, she is. She's going to say something. Sorry, Jeff Bezos. It wasn't Amazon's fault. <laughs> she said, there you go. I'm not sure I understand. That's dumb, right? Anyway, but it's like. Find it's, the Matt Brown show. Siri. Hey, Siri. Hey, Siri. Okay. Play the Matt Brown show. I mean, that's I mean, that is just insane. How can you not find anything for the McBrancho? <laughs> What's wrong with you, woman? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. She's not a woman. I just yeah, had to no, start there. AI, right? <laughs> but, but, it's, but I agree with you entirely. It's like, you know, people have had dumb experiences with AI traditionally. And there is that school of thought. And then the other one is, well, do you use Waze? Did you get to Waze Correct. this morning? Yeah. Um, and by the way, the more people that use Waze, the smarter it gets. It's hence why it's able to do real-time mm. like uh, directions. In other words, if you go here, it's going to be plus two minutes. If you go there, it's plus 90 seconds. 100. Dead. And it's real-time. Yeah. And this is the thing is um, what I always like to say to, to, to my clients is that we need to understand that average is not good enough anymore because we know that the technology can do it. So if I use Google Maps or I can use I, um, Waze, sorry, iWise. <laughs> it's fine, you're forgiven. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry, so I don't know who I have to apologize to everybody, the audience. Um uh but I mean from my perspective, um and also the approach that we follow, which is the connected marketer, is it's very important to understand that we are dealing with the connected individual that understands what technology can do for them. And because they can understand what technology can do for them, that if you're not doing that you are not in the inner game of of business, if I can put it that much. Sorry, I had to steal the title. No, that's just fine. Bring so it your in. inner game is available nationwide. <laughs> all your favorite uh, it is also available for my international viewers on Amazon. You'll be able to find it there. You Amazon, saying. Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know when I do that laughing and goes, huh. <laughs> that dip down. Yeah, but, but 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 I mean like yeah, that's that's it. So you mentioned money. So let's do quote of the day. Take us through this one. 
A principle isn't a princi- principle until it costs you money. You said that. Bill what? Bill Bernbach. What's Bernbach. A principle Bernbach. isn't a principle until it costs you money. Yeah, think about it. I can say I stand for women empowerment, but if I'm not paying the women equally in my organization, oh. I'm not putting my money where my mouth is, right? Yeah, I got a bell. <laughs> you got your first bell. My first bell. She's like, how? What? What is the the, the like the paw that I need to get? But I mean, you know what I mean. And I, it's, I think it's it's time for businesses, and that's where the um, premise of my book um, that I'm planning is. It is really, really time that we need to revolt against the system, if I can put it that way. We can't we can't live in this world anymore where we say things. I mean, I'm going to give you an example. Mm. Have you guys remember the fearless girl standing in New York? At the bull? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, the bull. Yeah. So the company um, on Women's Day um, launched this uh, uh, statue. It was two or three years ago. Launched yeah. a statue um, all about women empowerment and women um, are fearless. Water, water, water. So they do this. And the next, um, uh, the next day, it just started going moggy and all across the world, everybody's talking about this fearless girl, only to find out later that there was a $5 million lawsuit happening at the back end because they're not paying their staff equally. Yeah. How can you make such a bold statement mm. and not pay equally? And it's, it's not just being equal. It's just, I mean, I don't, you've probably never noticed or experienced, but if I step into a, a business meet, meeting and I have a superior or international representative of my company with me the focus goes completely to that person mm. it's like i'm invisible in the room and i because I'm, they're international and international and they're foreign and and so forth and and um i i am one of those people that i will make sure that you notice me i will not be quiet and i'm one of those people when i'm in a meeting i believe that not to try and be arrogant or to be uh obnoxious or anything but I have a voice. I am an intelligent woman. I know what I'm talking about. And I can say and think and have an opinion. Mm-hmm. And you fucking should have one. Yeah. And um, and I think I, I think that's I, – I have to tell you, Matt, it's like I think what you're doing here is amazing, especially women of steel, because I think women empowerment, this Women's Day thing that happens every year. Which is today, Women's Day. Yeah. Did you know that? Women's it's Day is every Women's freaking day. day. <laughs> it should be. You listen, but every freaking day. But just explain to when you first started talking, you basically used the word cliche but as it relates to women empowerment. What mm-hmm. is the cliche now? What do we need to change and, and kind of what, what is the step change as it relates to the whole narrative around women empowerment, etc.? I think what happens um, of no fault of, of businesses you know, it's it, it's just the way um, the system works. It's like, okay, now we're planning our content strategy. Oh, my goodness. Look, um, Women's Day is coming up. We need to be vocal. We need to set up training courses. And we need to do all of these things, which is great. But then it's your backyard clean. You know, I, 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 I'm like, if you want to be bold and you want to say, okay, right, I want to be part of this conversation and I want to do something, then do something about it. It's no longer about co-creation. It's about co-action. Mm. It is about what am I doing and what are we doing together? But at the same time, as I also feel that we're moving into an era, there's a lot of things that need to be fixed from the past. And until that is not resolved, we cannot fix equality in gender we can't fix our businesses and we're not going to make money because women have something that men don't have that they can bring to the table. We are nurturers, we are creative, and we have different things that merge beautifully with what, what men bring to the table. And my, my, my one thing you'll always hear me say is we cannot ostracize men. It's time to take each other's hands and walk together into the future and co-create and co-act on what we believe in. But we cannot do it just for the sake of doing it because it's on a calendar. Mm-hmm. I just find it very um, – I'm trying to find the word. Condescending is not the word. I almost find it uh, patronizing. Yeah, it's a good word to use. Second bell of the day. Well done. But I, I, I like. Can I say yeah. this? I'm not. 
I am a bit of a tech bite, but today I'm a woman bite. Okay, sorry. <laughs> but I love what you're saying around, you know, not marginalizing anyone, you know, and it's quite easy to to go too far if that is even possible. I mean, I'm probably going to upset a few people, but it's about, I want to touch on the thing around co-creating because mm. it's about walking together regardless of whether you're a man or a woman or black, white, yellow, green, pink, purple, red, uh, but about walking together in an equal fashion to create a better life for all. And I think um, there's, there's, a, there's a number of different things that happen you know, as a result of you know, Me Too, Women Empowerment, etc. One is that men feel threatened. Mm. They don't know how to deal with this. Um, and there's some amazing work being done by Gavin Moffitt and his and hers. Helping, oh, yes, I love them. Uh, helping, you know, yeah. uh, literally, just like you and me, but in a corporate setting, communicate. Yeah. This is, you know what I'm saying, like, and how to create a great chemistry and a culture as a result of that. Yeah. Um, uh, and then there's other things around, like, well, how do you know when we're there? And whose That's responsibility good. is it to know? It's a bowl. <laughs> okay, I'm going to ring my bowl. That's a bowl. <laughs> That's a good one. You understand? Like, it's sure. like, yeah. how do you know when you're there? And also, if you want equality, surely you should just take it mm. as an ambition, obviously acknowledging, of course, that there are historical prejudices which yeah. also need to be addressed, right? So, But at some point, as, a, as an individual woman listening to us right now who's very much feeling marginalized and regardless of what her context might be, um, what are your words to her? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there. I know being an entrepreneur can be a very lonely experience. You sometimes get stuck, don't you? Well, if you're like me, being stuck sucks. But what if you could access the minds of over 850 CEOs who have built companies generating billions of dollars in revenue and access all of that knowledge in a fraction of a second? Well, the good news is you can literally do that today. What my team have built is Matt Brown AI. It is trained on all the interviews, over 850 of them that I've done to date, all my books, all the knowledge capital that has been generated over the last 10 years right here on the Matt Brown Show. And you can get access to all of that right now for free. So how do you get access to this? Well, head on over to mattbrownshow.com and at the top, you'll see community. Hit that link, sign up. It's absolutely free and you'll be given instant access to Matt Brown AI and a community of over 100,000 subscribers. My words would be, um, we all suffer from imposter syndrome. It's not just a, a girl's thing. It's a male thing too. And some of the greatest men, and trust me, I have some giants that I align myself with also have imposter syndrome. And I think it's important for, for women out there, if you're not getting equality and if you're not getting the respect that you deserve, you need to Go and do soul searching and look within yourself and see what you can change to make that a priority in your life. Therefore, I encourage women to go out, start your own business. If you're not getting paid enough at a corporate, <laughs> create your own business and come like the silver bullet thief in the night and fix what's broken. Yeah. Fix your shit. Yeah. Yeah. Be at cause, basically. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's this, um, and this, I, I love what you said, and, and I'd like to add to that in the sense that, you know, and I write about this to some extent in the book, but it's about you get two types of people. You get those who live at cause and those who live at effect. Mm. The effect mm. woman in, in the context of this conversation in this particular series, Women of Steel, is that um, I can't change anything. The system is built the way that it is. And, uh, and therefore I'm just, it's, this is the way it's going to be mm. for my life. And I'm, you know, maybe, maybe my daughter will experience a different world and that's my hope. And it's only hope. I have a problem with that. And me too. I, I, hashtag me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, but, um, I, I mean, I'm not going to mention names, um, or, or the relations with the people, but there's a few people, um, in my family, um, that that would say, for example, oh, um, you're doing so well because you're born in a different generation. But for us, it's about um, 
Um, we need a husband that can bring in the money and our role as women is to be mothers and whatever. Okay, the kids are all out of the house. Okay, so so why are you expecting in this time and age of a husband to take care of you? Have your own independence. Mm-hmm. Stop being a martyr. Stop being a victim. Shit has changed around you. It's actually in your favor. And what you need to do is to get out of that victim uh, my, uh, vi- uh, victim uh, mentality. mentality. Sorry, the Afrikaans. Sorry. Afrikaans. Afrikaans. No, because you've got an international audience. But listen, I, I, I love that because I create my own words. They call it in Afrikaans, angliasisme. What do you call it in English? Angliasisme. He's it's Afrikaans. when you you take an English word and you make it an Afrikaans word. It's the ah, weirdest thing. Okay. Like when, or I just translate it into whatever I think. Did you say on <laughs> <laughs> But um, I, I think that, um, you know, we really need to become victorious and, and celebrate mm-hmm. each other. But I'm also going to say one thing. Is that women have been um, contaminated culturally. Hmm. By competing with one another because of the patriarch regime. So we were told if you're not beautiful enough and if you, you know, you can just be replaced. <laughs> you know, I can have 10 affairs with, 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 you know, I don't care if I have children with you. I can have affairs because I bring the money into the house. Hmm. And that has been a, a thing that has been happening for many, many, many years. Um, it's almost like women are replaceable, but men are not. Hmm. And women have started like building this mentality of um, competing with one another. And that is something where we, we have to really fix this problem very, very quickly. Because instead of being in a place of power where we can become women of steel and rising each other up and build an empire and make shit happen, we see a lot of tendencies of bitchiness happening and putting each other down and not rising women and mentoring them and becoming um, powerful. It's almost like you, you do find some women that go up there and destroy everything in, in their way. Mm. Um, and I think that that's something that um, definitely needs, it needs intervention. I agree. Where, this kind of touches on the cause side of things, right? So I was mm. my cause, effect, cause and effect. Where do, where do you think that sort of you know, competitive dynamic comes from in the context of the historical patriarchy regime? So um, you know, there's a man who's you know, successful, he's got money or whatever, and then you know, you've got multiple women kind of competing. I don't know. Can you unpack that a little bit more? Maybe I misunderstood. Okay, that. so… Um, there's some documentaries you can go and watch on Netflix about the, the civil rights movement and the feminist movement. Um, for your audiences, I can't remember the exact um, uh, episodes. I can share the links with you yeah, maybe. Um, but but they really empower you to share how, how it all, all started. So, you know, like if you think in the 50s and 60s, Women were asked to, you know, you had to, when your husband arrived, you had to be in the sexiest lingerie, you had to be pinned up, serve the meal, um, and you had to be like this perfect human being. And when he's pissed off or he treats you like shit, you just have to smile and wave and like everything is okay. Not allowed to show emotion, otherwise you are emotional. And, um, and, you, were, and you always had to look like an uh, accessory. Mm. rather than being an individual for Uh, who you are. And then women eventually started being competed against each other. I don't look, and we still see that today. I don't, and men are also starting to suffer from this because I don't look like that Photoshop version on the magazine. Um, Women have been objects in advertising for many, 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 many years, and we still see it happening. Mm. And women feel like, oh my gosh, I need to look pretty and beautiful. And then when they see a pretty strong woman walking into a room, what happens? I'm imposter syndrome. I feel inferior. She's a threat to me. And that is where that started because of the patriarch regime. Now, if you go back, and this is something, guys, I mean, this is serious stuff. Um, um, you, have you watched the movie Hidden Figures? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Give me a booyah. Booyah. <laughs> okay. So Hidden Figures is just one example, right? 
it's a it's a great movie of how women were the minds and they weren't even allowed to put their names on documents to say mm. that they came up with the ma- mathematical solution or how to work the IBM machine, how to get the ma- man to the moon. They figured it all out, but they were not allowed to say, hey, it was me and put their name on the documents. And then obviously that in, I'm not going to give the story away for those who haven't watched it, but um, there's a book. Um, I think it's the history of women that was banned in the 70s about all of the things that women from poetry and everything that they have done that has been burnt and deleted out of history. Really? And this is why I always said there's always chaos where there's ignorance. And people won't understand um, why we have Women's Day is when we have been completely depleted from our existence. I mean, uh, you go into these these beautiful art galleries and you don't see the historical females that's done it. Or there's so many documentaries and movies about real life situations where women painted this beautiful. What was that? Uh, the lady with the red hair. She painted these. Uh, she painted these portraits with the big eyes and then her husband pretended he did it. I don't remember. I can't remember. But but I mean like all of all of these th- these things happened and I and during the civil rights movement women actually we weren't entitled okay women weren't entitled to vote they weren't entitled to be educated and during that time women that did have PhDs burnt it because they when they were doing their PhDs they found that there were no women in history. That no they way. could cover, and this is where the civil rights movement started, where people burned their PhDs, um, mm. you know, during that that movement. And I mean, I think in order to embrace, and yes, it makes. I mean, one of the guests that I'm I'm going to have on my show soon is 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 going to rattle the cages and make a lot of people uncomfortable. But it's time we get uncomfortable mm. because that's where growth happens. Yeah. I love what you're saying. It's kind of like you no longer need to meet the expectations of the patriarchy regime because mm. you are by nature equal yeah you're born equal yeah it's only the system that makes you think that you're not worthy of being equal and because you're not worthy of being equal therefore you feel like you need to compete unnecessarily or become something that you're not 100 percent. so in other words you're not living one's true authentic self you know what i mean or you're not living your own life authentic authentically which is the ultimate gift Mm. you can ever give yourself yeah totally i mean i have to tell you a very personal story right so um I am a crazy person. I mean, like people know me like, you know, I'm full of energy and I do my thing and I say what I think and no filter. Sometimes it drives people crazy, but I really am authentic and in my message and what I say. But what I started doing without noticing it is I started dressing in a way to fit into a man's world. Really? Yeah. So I would like, you know, like be very cash and, and, and so forth. And um, I had this lady, her name is Sky Mendes. She's amazing. She's a, a stylist. She actually had stage four cancer, almost died. Um, she had the death sentence over her. And, she cha- and nine years later, she's changed her whole life around. And um, she does almost this healing with styling. It's weird. She's like a stylist whisperer. I don't know, but... I still have to face what's coming my way when she gets into my cupboard because that's the one. It's like she comes in your cupboard, finds out what's your style personality and then how to style you so that you can project yourself. And one thing that she said to me that was so powerful is that in a man's world, in the world of masculinity, I must embrace my femininity because what I'm doing is I'm dressing to fit into a man's world to be taken seriously. But I must actually, and I mean, that's a very deep thing to know about me because you could use that against me, but um, <laughs> is to embrace my femininity for who I am and know that that is enough. Mm. I don't need to dress the way that's socially acceptable to fit into this world. Mm. I'm me. Yeah, it's, powerful. it's a very powerful thing. The thing is, people find that very hard to identify mm. internally, because as you said, it was. This is a very. I'm going to share a very personal story. That it's it's a very personal journey. Do you understand? Like, and also like with the map round show and your inner game. By the way, talking about this imposter syndrome thing, holy shit! Did I? Ha- I still have imposter syndrome. It's but like well done for saying that because people think you you have no no way, dude. Everybody has it. No way. I mean, when I signed the deal, it took me nine months to write a single word. 
That's crazy. So I had my publisher wow. going, where's the fucking book? It should be done. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, it's, it's in my head. It's coming. And then, but it was all about the, and, and even to this day, I'm, I'm scared shitless about the fact that, you know, inside this book are words, right, that will hold me prisoner to who I was at the time of publishing. Mm. So also understanding that, again, going back to this whole idea of personal transformation and personal journeys is that, I can guarantee you that when I'm in, when I'm 50 and I've just turned 40, when I read this book in 10 years' time and I haven't read it all, um, I'll read these words and go, "What the fuck was I writing about?" No. Do you understand? Or not like, but that's the imposter syndrome in me mm. that makes me say that. So the imposter syndrome—it's like celebrities have it, famous people have it, movie stars have it, authors have it. It's like you live with this idea of your you being a fraud based on mm. the work that you put out there. And it's weird because, like, if you, you know, we, we produce so much content here and it goes out all the time that, like, that shit will just, it, like, if people see it, they see it. They don't see it, it's fine. Mm. Like, it's gone. But with mm. a book, it sits there forever. It's like mm. my kids will read this, you know, and, and, and their kids will read this and, and, and so on and so forth. And this this idea that you're like, it's like you're, you're not worthy of having achieved the things that you have achieved. Mm. And it's weird, like when I, um, Nadine Todd, the editor of Entrepreneur Mag, she, 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 oh, messaged, she's amazing, yeah. she messaged me and she was like, um, oh, mate, you must be so proud of yourself. And I was like, I don't ever get proud. And it's a weird thing because pride is like a double-edged sword. It's nice to feel proud of something. I can go, fuck yes, you're in a game, you know, 12 principles for high-impact entrepreneurs made the recommended reads list at exclusive books nationwide before the book was even launched officially. And I could be proud of that, and I should be proud of that. But it's like, the, for me personally, and this is all a very personal thing, is that I feel that if I'm ever, if I ever feel like I'm successful, I'm not. Doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. It's like and and that and understanding that and being aware of that makes me always want to overachieve. It's like I will. I'm like the book for me is it's already done. It's like I'm thinking about book number two already. I already have See? a title for that because it's not enough. Mm. It's never enough to feel successful. It's like I don't know anyone who other people would say are successful who think of themselves as as being successful. Do you understand? Mm, I totally. It's like an innate, like, a, and it's a character thing, and it's a personality thing, and it's, you know, and it's all this, this whole thing. The reason why I'm telling all of this because it connects strongly back to what you were saying around this whole idea of personal journey and being able to say, well, if you, the fact that you even are wanting to write a book yeah. says volumes about your self belief. Yeah. And I and I always say to people, it's like, like for I mean, we were going to get into the personal branding space some time ago, and, I, and, and the first question I would say to someone was, what book are you writing in 12 months' time, and what's the title? Mm. Because it's a question, and questions govern our lives far more than what we care to admit. I love that. And if you ask the right questions, you start to get very fucking clear around one's, one's true identity, and identity is the strongest force in humanity it's like it's people will go to war over that shit people will kill 36 people in el paso texas because of identity and so when you manipulate someone's identity and, and communities of identities mm. right that's when shit either goes really right or really wrong and so understanding that then you say to yourself well what is that book mm. actually for me mm. you know um, and yours is fix your shit yeah right because that is what makes you different. Mm. But it's about understanding that you have to ask the right questions to start getting to the truth about what makes you different. And my personal view is that then and only then Mm. can you truly express your value. Love that. I love that. You know, I read that quote the other day that uh, the the smart people have the answers, but the most intelligent people have the right questions. Mm-hmm. And I think the questions that you need to ask is is so, so important. I'm going to say something on here um, just to give context. And um, I, I tiptoe around this topic because it's very, it's very personal. Um, I had a, a, a year from hell. Okay. What, this last year? Um, this last year. And not, not, not with Booyah. Booyah is great. And Booyah is thriving. But... Um, apart from my mother used to be my best friend, we were like bum cheeks and I used to call her every single day and we have to, I used to have a conversation and stuff and she literally, um, 
just one day had four strokes after the other and it went through her brain and having a mom that was perfect the next day it's like a five-year-old she has she has no cognitive the thing that made her so beautiful was her her cognitive ability and for me it's a daily um uh suffering of going through knowing that I, that the mom that I'm going to see, the mom that I'm talking to is not the person. She's halfway in another place. So I'm not going to, I don't want to get emotional about this. And um, I also found out who my sexual predator was when I was three years old. Um, and these things came up through psychology and I could not remember anything about my life up until seven, eight years old. And I had two sexual predators, and um, and um, the one and, and and the thing is, is like I remember when the second one happened. Um, I don't want to name names, um, but when that happened to me, um, when we went to the police station, um, when my mom found out, my mom was also um, raped at the age of twelve years old. Um, the whole family. Um, has has suffered um, sexual abuse and and so forth, and I have utmost respect for my my family that has gone through this, and it's just been a a layer upon a layer upon a layer, and I've been hesitant. Should I talk about this? Should I not? But I think it's an important message out there um, for for women. But what I'm trying to get to is is that when I found out these things, it's almost like my whole memory opened up last year. And I started remembering, remembering shit and little triggers and little triggers. And emotionally, I just went like, oh, my God, I can't handle this. It's just too much. Like, oh, my God, I'm 40 years old. I'm not supposed to deal with this shit. I've got a new business. Like, you know, yeah. and you go through all of these, these, these emotions. And one thing that I have to tell you is, is that I'm now at a point where I'm like, you damn fool. You should question everything. I, I I never questioned everything. I always accepted the answers I, I was always given. Oh, I was trying to tell you about the police station. When we went to the police station, um, one of the things was I was told I either have to tell um, the person who's married to the persecutor or the, the person that did it to me or um, I can take it to the police, but if I take it to the police, we're going to go to court and I'm not going to win. It's going to be said that I brought it on. So, so I already grew up with this thing about not not trusting people and being very skeptical about people. But also because of that, I've questioned the wrong things in life mm. and not the right things. And now I'm at that age where fix your shit is also to do with me as a person and getting myself in order because I can't live like this for rest of my 40 years, but also in business, there's a lot of shit that we need to fix. Um, but what I'm trying to say is that beautiful flowers grow in shit. <laughs> and isn't that the best fertilizer? <laughs> right? <laughs> so, um, can you see how this is tying up? Uh huh. You're the first one to know. Come here. <laughs> Give me a hug. Uh uh. I'm going to get emotional. Stop. Well, I'm supposed to be happy. That's my first hug live <laughs> on the Mac Ron Show. Um, but, that, but thank you for sharing it, you know, and just to uh, sort of applaud you for your courage. I think um, uh, a lot of people don't ever really face up to their, their own truth. Mm. They feel like if they, if they do, they will the stuff. It's too much. Mm. I don't want, I'm too, I'm, um, excuses you know what I'm saying like I'm too old or I've moved on now like it's all in the past I shouldn't have to deal with that stuff why am I why must I dig up the past mm. you understand um, and and that's fine you, you know, everyone's you know ultimately going to choose what's right for them but my experience is that people who do choose to fully explore their 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 story which is completely fucking unique to you and every other seven of the seven billion human beings on planet earth their unique experience have made them unique. And, and as a result, there are things in your head, beliefs, mm. you know, about self-worth, um, you know, talking your, your story around sexual predator, uh, predators and stuff like that. I mean, that's just fucking horrendous. But, um, but the fact is that is what makes you you. Mm. And the fact that you had that, hor that horrific uh, year last year has led you to this 
idea for a book. Makes sense. So, yeah, but it, totally. It, you, you, ha- you have to, and that's why the book is called Your Inner Game because it's about having the courage to overcome things that have happened to you. Mm. And this goes back to cause and effect. You're either at effect, so I'm going to be the victim my entire life and I'm not worthy and I'm never going to be equal and blah, 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 blah. Or I'm going to be at cause. You know what? I'm going to face up to this shit and I'm going to you know, take this guy. Whatever you decide to do is enough. Do you understand? Like mm. whether you go to his partner or whether you take whatever you decide to do will be enough mm. for you. But the fact is that you made that call. You became a self-aware. And when you become self-aware, you have bandwidth to make new decisions mm-hmm. right and that's where transformation starts it's the seeds to your point is where flowers fucking grow because they grow from shit and the other thing to say is that you know you pick a struggle pick a struggle mm. you understand like you're either going to pick the struggle of being a victim or you're going to pick the struggle of being a victor either way you have to fall in mm. love with the struggle so pick something yeah but the thing so is true. like most women most people i should say if i go back most human beings don't choose Mm. They just meander. And so it's, true. And, and that's where yeah. mediocrity uh, breeds and yeah. it becomes a self-fulfilling thing, you know, because kids see their parents be, being mediocre, not taking that risk, not leaving that abusive relationship, not starting that business, not writing that book. And, and then, you know, when, on your deathbed, you look back and you say to yourself, and I write about this, about regret, it's that, you know, pe- you, you don't regret the chances you took. Mm. You regret the chances you didn't take. Correct. And you only have one life. Correct. And people just, it's like, you, you have to think about your, the realities of death. Yeah. Like when you're born, your death is intimately entwined in that. And so think about when you die. Like what's, who's, who's, what are they saying yeah. about you at your funeral? Yeah. Like what are they saying that, you know, Carmen Murray, like really wrote that book about fix your shit and she was open and honest about, you know, um, her, this, this awful tragedy that happened to her when she was a young girl. Like, um, let's say, let's say who was on the show, um, and her husband, you know, the racing driver guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, what's his name? Gugu. He was, uh, killed on Mount Kilimanjaro. She wrote a book about it. She mm. was open to her truth. Mm. And, and as painful as that was, that particular struggle, she did it anyway. Mm. You know what I'm saying? She had the character to, to do that thing and to overcome that thing and to, and to put the words on a fucking paper. Mm. And now she's speaking she's, and you know, people are reaching out to her uh, because she's sharing this pain. And when she shared this pain, other people start to resonate with that. And then they go, you know what? I, I haven't had the courage and thank you because the fact that you had that courage and you wrote that book and you faced up to your own story, mm. right? And you expressed it from a place of power, a place of cause, not at, not at effect. The fact that you did that has made me believe that mm. I can do that yeah. too. And I think, I think what you're saying is so true. And I, I think what, um, it's, it's a, it's a decision that you now need to make is like, you know, um, be the truest version of yourself. And the only way you can become the truest version of yourself is being really honest um, and stop fearing the consequence because uh, there's a lot of people I have to protect through the process and, and I have to protect other people's views and stories of how that, that happened to them and, you know, their views and stuff like that. So um, for me, I just feel that it's the time is right. The soil has been set in my life to start planting the seed and and hopefully if I can just touch one person's life through that, amazing. But the book that I'm planning is going to be lighthearted. I don't want it to go into like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it really is just all about the different shits in life that we need to fix and own up to and mm-hmm. take responsibility for and recognize I mean, I, I'm going to give you an example. We're moving away from this heavy topic. Jeez, like, I feel like I'm a counselor. You just Wrapped so. attention here. <laughs> um, but I mean, like, um, I, I mean, what, what is your views about what the hell is going on in corporates at the moment? Like this bullying that's happening with people. Uh, <laughs> the, the, I, people are having mental breakdowns. People are wanting to commit suicide because of the way that people are being treated at work. And then out there we say, oh, we have a mental health day. Oh, we go- mental wellness, my ass. Mm. Um, I, I have like 20 people going through this. Like, yeah. And it's, it's like, this is one of the fundamentals that needs to be sorted out mm. um, in society is we need to get to a point where enough is enough own up, put your money where your mouth is. What? Where's that quote? 
This one here. A principle isn't a principle until it costs you money. Send your people for counseling and get rid of the people that are contaminating mm. the culture of the business. That's all I want to say. I got three balls! And you got one! First hug. <laughs> uh, but, but, but um, you know, I think also um, there was something I wrote down here. You wrote about procrastination. Oh, well, you spoke about procrastination, like, you know, when you're writing a book. And I, I don't know if you've ever read the book Originals. Yes. So they talk about how creativity actually stems from procrastination. Procrastination. Mm. Sorry, just pronunciation. Mm. Um, but I mean, um, but it's. <laughs> I could, like. Where, where, where it's, is Eminem? Echoes, come, yeah, come, come. Huh? Like I need to soundproof this room. It echoes. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you're never, ever going to get a boring show with Matt and I. Uh-uh. What, no if we, what if we write? What if we write? Where's where my name? Where is your signature, actually? <gasps> my friend, Bronny Bron Bron. Um, uh, we'll find it. We'll find it. We said uh, something yeah. on the line. At, like, oh, always rock. Always right. Radio show live forever. Yeah. Oh, Next the Matt and Murray hosting event. <laughs> hosting an event. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, the, you know, for me, creativity comes from constraint. Elaborate. So um, it's like we elaborate. Okay. I'm going to elaborate. Elaborate. Collaborate and listen. Okay. So, okay. so imagine, imagine if you have all the space in the world to to think creatively when you have when you have too much space mm. you can't channel your thinking and in other words it's like you just you can swim mm. in that massive lake in any direction but now you put uh, a very narrow swim lanes on that same lake you're forced to channel your thinking creatively and your execution creatively to get from A to B. Mm. So we, we've, uh, we're creating a pretty rad product and uh, can't say anything, obviously. But, um, but basically, it's going to change the game for B2B, uh, lead generation, that kind of thing. And, um, and the team were like, I was like, yeah, but go here as thinking. And they were like, but yeah, but that's hard. That's like it's hard, and I was like, "Yeah, but that's that's called the theory of constraints. It's where all great thinking comes from. It's because when you're constrained, massively mm. constrained. Let's put a man on Mars. You understand? Like all your goals are aligned to make that happen. Yeah, yeah you have to think completely differently." And that's the thing. It's about unlocking new paradigms requires a complete step change in thinking, right? Mm. And so you should be embracing constraints. And that's it's with the same thing with this book. You know, I didn't write a, a single word for nine months. And then it was, Matt, you've got eight weeks sort of thing. And then it was like, great. Now I have constraints. So constraint also forces execution because you don't feel like there's enough time right, mm. to do things. So now you must execute. It's like mm. if I say you've got a week to do something or, f- or one hour, how, what are you going to do? You're going to make it happen? You're going to make it happen differently. Yeah. You're going to think differently about that same problem. So it's all about constraints. And anyway, so I, f- I believe great creativity comes from constraints. So I, I know you're not on my show yet, mm. but I would like to have you on my show. We can unpack this book, obviously, cool. after I've read it. But what I want to ask you is, um, for my own journey, just to understand, is like, Okay, so nine months later, you decide, I'm going to start today. Mm-hmm. Tell me, how, what was that process like? Did you, did, you put, did you constrain yourself to in a certain environment? What, what was it all about? Well, literally the thing, the thing that the, in that nine-month period, I was trying to figure out who I was. Wow. Wow. Who I actually was. Wow. Or at least, like, you don't really get, okay, no, I'm definitely that guy. You know what I mean? Like, uh, that's me forever. Like, you never get there. But just to have a sense that, like, you're talking about the seeds. Like, I needed to figure out what was my shit soil. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? To yeah. grow that flower. And so, because the thing, a book has to be from you. It can't be about some other shit that you read. Mm-hmm. It has to be about, it has to come from you because that's when flow happens. And you, you can write, you know, 5,000 words versus 500 and you don't know, you're like, holy shit, I just wrote 5,000 words. Sure. Because it came from you. Stories, people, memories, events, you know, who mm. you were before, you know, who, who, were you, uh, who did you become after the fact, you know, and being able to process those things. And, and it's, that's, it's emotion, right? So mm-hmm. emotion drives action. So 
I could didn't know who that who that person was. I didn't know where to start. And I wanted the book above all else not to only be about me, but also to be about yeah, to be about other people. So the book actually has got very little to do with me. In fact, it's, it's kind of like fifty-fifty. It's got fifty percent to do with the people I've had on the show, and the other fifty percent, I would say, it's probably not even that high, is actually about about me and my journey. But it's the human stories for an exponential time. But it's human stories, and humans are emotional creatures, right? I love this, and and just looking um, briefly at what I'm seeing is also. It's, a, it's storytelling. It's, it's storytelling. It's, and, and the thing is, like, there's nothing I, – I, I can't read academic books. So kudos to you because storytelling is, 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 takes effort. Yeah, it does. I mean, just, I just spoke to my sister yesterday on WhatsApp and I said, have you finished reading the book? Because now I'm like freaking out because I felt it would have family judge me, imposter syndrome, you know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, she was like, yeah, it's totally you. Oh, I love it. You see, and I was like, well – there you go. That's the great. Even feedback, this, but right? I mean, like, look, hello. Yeah. Everything, like, it's integrated, and that, that's that's what I love. I love it. Common. Let's wrap this up. Let's wrap it up. Um, this woman empowerment thing. Why does it matter? It matters because to I, you. Why does it matter to you? It matters because I want everybody to get along, be a united front, join hands, and. Embrace each other's cultures, embrace each other's beliefs and how they identify with themselves and deal with real problems in life rather than what has been um, manipulated by religions and systems and things like that. Let's get on with being human and do what we're supposed to do is love one another and have purpose and do, do what you're supposed to do on this planet. Come and marry everybody. This edition of the MapRound Show is brought to you by NetworkSpace.co.za. In fact, our studios are here in building number four at NetworkSpace up in Johannesburg. These guys have made us a huge deal, have really bent over backwards to give us the kind of service that most exciting businesses deserve. If you want more information about NetworkSpace, you can actually come and check out our studio. We are always open to meet new entrepreneurs and business owners from around the country, and you can do that right here at networkspace.coza. Thanks for checking out the Map Round Show, guys. And if you'd like to get the Kung Fu put in your ninja, check out digitalkungfu.co.za. Ever wanted to become a best-selling author? Well, I'm in the influence business and I work with business owners and CEOs and business leaders to help them scale their influence. And we do this as a team by helping you to become a best-selling author, sought-after speaker and industry influencer in only 30 days. My team and I have developed a system that delivers a best-selling book and a launch campaign 300% faster and 50% less cost than anyone else in North America. This system is incredibly efficient. One of my Clients Haiku went from a 2% share of voice globally to an 11% share of voice globally in only seven days. If you'd like more information, head on over to showworksmedia.com for more. That is showworks with an X.com.